welcome to Staffing Stories, hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. Welcome back to Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and we are kicking off 2023. And uh, this has been a great uh, last six months doing this podcast, and I've enjoyed every one of my guests. And I uh, have a wonderful guest with me today, Miss Megan McCann and with McCann Partners. And we've had a cold snap here in Tennessee, and we were just talking back in the green room about snow, and you're from Chicagoland, so you, you're a regular snowbird. I am a regular snowboard. I've been in Chicago for a long time, grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so was accustomed to snow before moving here. So yes, although I don't always love it, navigating it, don't always love it. Well, you can probably give everybody in East Tennessee lessons about snow because everybody loses their mind here. The grocery stores go bare, no one can drive, or at least they forget how to drive. So. that's, that's what we're dealing with here, but we're kicking off 2023 and I know we're wrap, um, we've been wrapping it down in 2022, but introduce yourself, kind of um, your business and kind of where, uh, where you're from. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. We've had some fun conversations since we met uh, in 2020, actually. And so I'm, I'm really glad to be here with you today to share some lessons learned in my career and certainly over the last handful of years, which have Um, presented another set of challenges, I think, for all of us. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of McCann Partners. We are a Chicago-based IT recruitment firm. Um, We have been fortunate to have a national reach with the organization over the last handful of years. And I've got a small but mighty team of nine plus um, offshore resources and um, have really loved my journey in staffing. Like so many, I fell into it literally fell into it. And once I was there, I I couldn't get out. Um, And I didn't even try. I just, it it kind of fit with my personality of kind of learning. Technology is always learning. So love that piece. And then matchmaking and understanding what people are looking for from a recruiting perspective, both from the client and candidate side. So I've been blessed to have a really great career. I know a lot of people in staff here are scared of technology, especially IT side recruiting. Did you have that background before you started in the IT world? No, not at all. In fact, I had an opportunity to present at TechServe in the fall and told the funny story of the first time I went out solo on a sales call. Um, and, you know, like you're, I was trained up. I did not have any technology background. I was an English major who learned about recruiting by doing uh, recruiting for my alma mater and then doing some international recruiting for them. So I understood the tenets of recruiting in a very different way than the staffing world. Found a job in Chicago because I wanted to move to the big city from Ohio and landed in IT staffing and had to learn all the vernacular. And so, you know, you've trained sales and uh, recruiting Folks, it takes a long time to learn the vernacular. It changes every day, so you have to stay up to date on it. And I remember, oh, Andy, I had 
you know, I was ready. I had practice. I had my questions. I had my call plan. I had done my research. It was a very different time back then of doing research. Uh, but I had done my research and I walked into my first sales call by myself and I wasn't there but five minutes and got kicked out of the office because the client started using um, an acronym that I did not understand. Yeah. So I just asked, I said, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that acronym. Can you please tell me more? And um, he kicked me out of the office and said, if you don't understand what that means, you don't deserve to be sitting in front of me. So I slunk tail between legs back to the office. So live and work in Chicago, but our office was out near O'Hare. So depending on the day, you had a 15 minute drive or a 45 minute drive and uh, got back to the office and, and told my boss what had happened. And he's like, that's okay. You, this is how we learn. And he was not upset. I was beating myself up, right? Perfectionist beating ourselves up. And um, literally walked back to my office and was sitting there still sulking a little, if I'm honest. And my phone rang. And it was the man who had kicked me out of his office calling to apologize. Oh, they, they had a network outage minutes before I walked in his office. And I was kind of the punchy bag and he called to apologize. <laughs> That's and, great. Um, yeah. I went back later in the week and he literally drew out on his whiteboard in his office, everything I needed to know from the infrastructure side to how the application development side coincided and where the cross, cross connections were. And that was single handedly like the best learning experience, even though it didn't come from that experience, it could have turned out a very different way. And that person went on to be a client, uh, for many years, I've placed him a couple of times. Um, so it just speaks to the, you know, the, the power of relationships and forgiveness and vulnerability and so many other things. It's, you know, I learned the IT recruiting side from the recruiting chair first. And I would always ask Candace, like, hey, you know, I, I'm come from the engineering, but IT is new for me. Can you explain that? And mo probably 90 percent of the time they just want to throw up on you, like just give you everything and. And that is where you gain the cred because you're talking and you're getting it. And then when you do the sales side, it just comes natural because you've been hearing it from the recruiting seat. That's kind of how that's my story with the IT side. But you, you said something earlier that is changing all the time. And I think that's the most important piece if you are tackling this as a tech um, recruit is you have to be willing to learn. You know, I mean, literally every six months, a new text coming out or a, a new combination that you have to be aware of because it, it's a usually it's a game changer in the industry. I, I agree. I think when I look at hiring internal employees for McCann Partners and other firms um, that I've worked with over the years, that curiosity is so important to yeah. someone's success, right? You can't be a know-it-all. You have to be willing to admit what you don't know. And I agree with you, actually now both on the candidate and client side, that most people, when they love what they do, they're so passionate to educate others. And I always feel like they're the, the individuals that are the no BS people that can tell you what you need to know. And if they can't do that, it always kind of gives me pause, right? Because you and I could talk about recruiting and the process and every the, the business all day long. And I feel like others that are in their craft should and can do the same thing. When you, um, you know, you've sold, you've recruited, what are some attributes that make a great recruiter in your mind? Um, an ability to listen and not process. 
I, I feel a lot of times um, recruiters can fall into the trap of, of processing a candidate for a role they're recruiting for versus listening to what the candidate really wants, wants. And, and why, mm -hmm. and then being able to determine if it's a good fit, right? So I always tell my team and any recruiters that I've trained over my career, it's our job to make certain there's a fit. It's not the candidate's job to tell us there's a fit yeah. because every candidate would tell us there's a fit, right? They're looking for a job. They we need to make the connection there and be able to tell the story and be able to package it up for a client because sometimes resumes don't always tell the perfect story yeah. for why the candidate is a good match to the client environment, to the client requirement, to the culture, all of those important things. You cannot ask yes, no questions. Absolutely and, not. And, uh, and I think sometimes um, and some recruiters get into the mold of, can you do this? Yes. Have you done this? Yes. You know, that you, you have no information with that. It's okay. like, you know, walk me through, you know, this scenario. So you're learning. They, I mean, at the end of a kind of period, just say he said yes, or she said yes, I, I guess they're good. You, you, you can't do that. So. I agree. I agree. I almost, this is a little bit radical, but I almost prefer to talk to someone without seeing their resume. So I almost prefer to see a skeleton of what their LinkedIn profile looks like, or just some small picture, but without the detail of the resume, because I like to hear the story from them and then look to see how it matches and aligns. So it, for me, it lets me hear from them first versus make a, a judgment based on a resume. And then it allows me to go back and ask some more detailed questions. Like, tell me more. I noticed this is here, but we didn't talk about that. So for me, it's a little bit of a radical way of approaching it, yeah. but the way my head works, that just, that allows me to ask, you know, ask different questions. Um, one of the big struggles tech recruiters are running into right now is getting someone to return a LinkedIn message, return an email. I mean, they're getting bombarded by four or five recruiters a day. What has there been something that works for you or is that something you're seeing? I mean, just kind of, you know, what are you seeing in that, that type of realm? Absolutely. So it's interesting. I started working with LinkedIn recruiter right at the onset of the tool coming out. So I was an early adopter and the return rate was so much greater than it is today because of what you've just said, right? Yeah. There's so much, so many more of us active. And um, there's a misconception, both in recruiting and sales from my vantage point, that there's a one size fits all approach to reaching out to people and engaging with them. And I actually don't believe that. I think you have to take the extra time to look at the profile and, and give them a reason to call you back, right? So if you're looking at a very specialized skill set and you send a blanket message, people are going to see right through that, right? So if you take two minutes to to give them something that makes them realize you actually looked at their profile and are interested in them, yeah. whatever it might be. And yes, it takes a little bit more work, but if your response rate is exponentially better, then it's worth the investment of some extra time. Well, you also can look at a resume or a profile and probably find an interest hobby he or she has that, is you can see their career is leaned more towards this because of the and that's where you kind of like if you can you know have a common bond some way between other than work it's like i see that you're in gaming and i've got a client that's 
doing some stuff that's you know in you know in that realm whatever yeah, but yeah that's where you connect with somebody to, to want them to call you back or you're in a location that's high, highly desirable you know you have to not just go at the job screen they see those every day agreed you know, every recruiter agreed what else can you give and I still think, you know, I'm old school. I, I learned the old way. Um, I'm adaptive to a lot of things because things are changing and automating. And, and I think there's so much value. And I still think there's value to picking up the phone and calling. They're not always going to take the call. In fact, nine times out of 10 or nine and a half times out of 10, they're not. But if you leave a compelling message, yeah. hey, I saw your profile and make it personal. Like you just said, sometimes it's faster even to pick up the phone and do that than it is to write a message um, and then follow up with the message or whatever. I think, I, I still think there's a place for the telephone in our process. Yeah, there, I totally agree. So let's change the course a little bit. I have been very, you know, I follow you from a distance and I've just admired your um, uh, women in technology that you're so passionate about that. You know, tell me the story of, you know, I, I can probably imagine some of it, but just walk me through that story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been so fortunate. I've had some wonderful mentors through my career. Um, two of the greatest impacts in my staffing career have been men. And I also am accustomed to walking into events and offices where it's predominantly male and probably I don't know, 15, 18 years ago, I was at a dinner along with, I believe there were four other women in the room, it was about 75, 80 men. And we just looked around and realized we didn't really feel like we belonged. And we decided to do something about that. So we created a, a networking dinner for women in tech, it was for director, VP, C-level women, it started out with a small group of us. I think there were six of us. And um, it grew over time um, where we had upwards of 75 or 80, depending on the size of the space. And what we found was it was a non-selling event. So the three of us who started it actually were uh, vendors, service providers to yep. the, the staffing space, the IT staffing space. But we made it not about selling. It yes. was all about bringing people together to support one another because what started happening is um, Sue from company ABC would tell Brenda from company XYZ that she was having this issue. And then all of a sudden they would start talking. So th this group had these wonderful bonds that they were supporting one another in a very safe space. And we did that for many years. Um, and inevitably, the same conversation would come up at these dinners. Where are the women? What, why are they leaving? Why are they not returning after maternity leave or serving their country? Why are they exiting? And ultimately, ARA, which stands for Attract, Retain, and Advance Women in Technology, and I always add leadership because I think that's a really important component, um, was born. And um, ARA will be 10 years old um, in 2023, uh, February. And the whole notion was to try to create mentorship to help women be both attracted to, but also retain and advance themselves within technology. That's awesome. And I, in, in following your LinkedIn and, and seeing kind of how passionate you are, just I, I love that. Because um, I mean, we in engineering, specifically, not just IT, it's male dominated. But, you know, getting a group, uh, you know, diversity is awesome for thought. I mean, Absolutely. It, really, if you if you're looking around the room and they're all 
male or all female or you know what black white okay however it, you you want to see different faces you want different thoughts different upbringings because that's where change happens absolutely so I, I love that so going into 2023 what are your big plans for 2023 oh gosh Ten well, new offices. <laughs> well we're just going through uh our obviously like many of us our plans for next year finalizing in fact today i'm finalizing offers and quotas and all of those things for next year so um you know certainly for me, I'd like to continue to um, to see growth for our organization. We've been really fortunate um, over the last handful of years to continue to grow um, year over year. So I would like to continue that. That's one measure of success, um, but that's not the only measure, obviously. Um, you know, we did a retrospective at the end of 2022 with the team and ask everyone to bring, you know, uh, the things that we did well, where we could improve. And so we're really taking those and um, and and putting them in action. So certainly growth, there's some training that we're going to do internally. We've got, um, uh, we've, we've done a really great job of having better than 70% of our placements be diverse placements. We wanna to continue to grow that number. Um, we've got some growth internally planned as well. Um, so just trying to advance our footprint um, and, make continue to make impact right for me it's it's as much about growth as it is plugging in to support clients that have the same values around diversity that we do and we've been really fortunate um, over the last handful of years to be open with our mission around that and um, have been very fortunate in procuring clients that have that same mission so I think that helps us align with our goals and many organizations have those same goals in terms of you know diversity hiring well I think um, there are a lot of listeners that um, come from maybe smaller towns that want to do what you did with women in technology and start off in a, a non-selling type of event. So I'm sure if they reach out to you on LinkedIn, it would be, you know, you've always been willing to help me and I, I appreciate that. And um, I know you're always willing to help others. I mean, that's in my mind, that's what it's about. I think I, I listened to a podcast recently. It was a kind of a crossover event with Brene Brown, Simon Sinek and, um, um, Oh gosh, Grant, can't think of his first name right now, sorry. Um, and one of the quotes that I took away from it was uh, the most meaningful way to succeed is to help others succeed. Yeah. And I think there's really something to be said for that. Um, and so that's, I, I keep that top of mind as I'm thinking about um, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And um, it's Adam Grant, sorry, just came to me. Um, yeah. And it was actually his quote. So uh, I try to keep that top of mind as I'm saying yes to things or um, as I'm thinking about where to spend time and, and how to help others. Well, I know 2023 is going to be amazing for you and your team. And I really appreciate you carving out this time to talk to us on our podcast. And it means a lot to me. So um, here's the 2023 and Thank you and congratulations on your success this past year. And uh, um, I look forward to seeing you at one of the ASA or SIA events coming up. Can't wait. All right. Thanks. Thank Megan. you. The Staffing Stories podcast is brought to you by 3DIQ, founded by recruiters for recruiters. 3DIQ's industry-leading product suite complements your submission process in Bullhorn from start to finish and helps you deliver a cutting-edge customer experience. Triple your placements with our powerful resume submission platform, candidate marketing, and client portal. Visit 3DIQ.com stories to learn more.